0: This week, on Out Now with Aaron and Abe, we are talking Sound of Metal and Nomadland.
1: Metal, 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 Nomad! Parents, investor,
0: hunters, mentors,
2: mapa,
1: we are now recording, this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe, hello, hi. Out now as a film podcaster, Ammon and I discuss new movies weekly. We dig into movies we have most spoiler review free review, the occasional commentary track or some other film movie topics this is episode, this is episode 430. 430. Wow, four thirty? We're getting we have to start
0: planning like a four fifty show and then a five hundred.
3: What'd you guys do for four twenty? What four
0: fifty uh, show? Uh I think we did a terrible movie. Oh, I'm just kidding, I don't know.
3: Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. Uh, I can tell you what we did for 420. Uh huh. It was.
0: It's ante- probably something. It's probably something really good. It was Antebellum. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, it wasn't. It wasn't great.
1: It was a good discussion. <laughs> okay. Well, this week for 430, we're the, we got a double review this week. We're talking mm-hmm. Sound of Metal and Nomadland. Ooh. Uh, two films, two dramas. One available now on Prime. One um. No land is tricky it had a virtual release for a week and it's not going to be available for release again until february but mm. that is the uh the idea here today we're going to talk about both films and uh joining us to discuss sound of metal and No land we have from one of the most carolina of carolinas he's coming off a music tour where he was the opening act for blackgammon it's alan aguilera
3: hello everyone that was a very terrible black metal voice. I'm so sorry.
0: No, okay. I I love it. it uh, nice. You should keep doing it. No, it's gonna hurt my throat. I Bam. want to support everybody in their endeavors.
3: <laughs> What's that?
0: I want to support everyone in their endeavors.
3: Yeah, yeah but not when I'm like, no, no, I'm good. I'm sorry about that, listeners. <laughs> but yes, hello. Hi, are you? Yes. Hi, Alan. Um, how, how are you doing? Well, you know, better or not as not 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 good. I was doing Ooh. better five minutes ago before I did that stupid voice. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can erase it if you want us to. It's gone. Leave it in.
0: Okay. All right. Double it. It's back. Double it. <laughs> we're doubling down.
3: No, but Alan, I, like good. To, I like to relive my mistakes. It's fine. This is fine. Oh, I good. did this. I understand what I did.
1: It's It doesn't matter because it's good to have you back up because that means we have a A
3: podcast once again.
1: So, I mean, <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we're, uh, yeah, that's that's still not a sponsor, though. Yeah. <laughs> Those
0: insurance companies.
1: Well, yeah, that is the. <laughs> what if we had? What if we like our podcast did get AAA as a sponsor, just out of nowhere? They don't. Just out it. of nowhere,
2: yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> then all the listeners would complain that we didn't get Jake from State Farm.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, is
0: is uh, who's the one where that um that J Jonah Jameson does? Is that State
1: Nationwide?
0: No, Farmer's Insurance. Farmers. We are farmers. Yeah. Bum, bum. Okay, cool. That's a lot of insurance talk.
1: <laughs> That's, well, this concludes our episode of Insurance Talk.
0: Uh,
3: mm-hmm. We're going to get
1: back to our podcast now, Out and Out There in the a but we're going to
3: talk about new movies. And uh, before we get Wait, to all that... Wait, can we talk about a local business that I know of called The General? <laughs> it is. They're going to take care of you. Even if you had have a lapse in insurance, they will oh, oh. take, take care of you. I'm just saying. Wait, what's their phone number? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> No, you know they don't have a paid sponsorship, so I really shouldn't say. But. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> All right, <laughs> that was insurance talk. Let's good. We'll <laughs> come back at, at episode
1: 860. <laughs> let's, let's let's move on. I can put that in my phone. 860 <laughs> back to insurance talk for insurance a second episode. Time. Volume two. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's get let's get to some show notes here. Um, first up. Uh, new commentary track. We have a plan for December's commentary track, and it's going to be well to 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 make things aware. We've been doing Star Wars movies for the past few years because there's been a Star Wars movie most December's. Obviously, there's not one this year because that that uh saga had wrapped up uh, to everyone's delight, as I recall. Um, uh, but <laughs> we're still going to talk about a Star Wars movie this year. We will be talking Star Wars: The Force Awakens for this month's commentary track. Uh, oh. That's gonna be recorded this Ooh. week, and that should be uh that should be a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. Uh, also known as uh, Star Wars before the Great Divide. But uh, we'll uh, we'll get to all <laughs> that uh for this week's commentary track, which will be available on iTunes, where you can find all the other episodes of our show. Um, uh, you can log on iTunes, search right Out There, and name, and give us a rating and review, which will be great. Yeah, thank you so much in advance. Please give us all the five stars. Yeah. And uh, just a reminder, it's a very crowded month. There's a lot of movies coming out. Uh, We will be talking some of the big ones that are headed to streaming and what have you. Uh, We also do plan to talk about the Small Axe Anthology of Films, the five film series from director Steve McQueen that's available now on Prime, uh, among other uh, notable highlights that we'll kind of get to as the... uh, the month progresses and the year comes closer and closer to a close, which you know obviously will end everything that's ever been troubling us all year, and we'll start mm. we'll start anew in 2021. That's how it works, right?
0: That is that's usually how it works. Yeah, there's a newborn every every uh, year.
1: Yep.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, it's <laughs> called right. a year. Yeah. <laughs> let's uh let's
1: move <laughs> You're on. Name it. Let's move. On. Let's get to uh, one of our favorite segments here. What we would have talked about this week were things to just be the same as they used to be. This is where we go over one of the movies that would have come out around this time were the world not to be affected by everything going on, causing us to be in this post-Bloodshot era. This week, I honestly we're at a point where I don't know what the film would have been this week because things are kind of tricky in that area. But I do know one of the films that was coming out next week that we can talk about this week because there's plenty that was coming out towards the end of this month originally anyway. And that's Dune. Oh. Uh, Denny Villeneuve's Dune uh, starring a host of various actors including <laughs> timothy chalamet rebecca ferguson oscar isaac josh brolin stellan scars Day dave bautista stephen mckinley henderson zendaya david dust charlotte rampling jason momoa and javier bardem oh, so what an pass. all-star lineup for a new adaptation of frank herbert's dune directed by mm-hmm. denny Villeneuve. uh it is a, supposedly the first part of a two-part saga to fully encapture dune uh the film even had a trailer announcing itself to be a film that was going to be released this December before it was moved all the way to next year. Um, with all of that in mind, Alan, were you excited for Dune? Are you a
3: Dune guy? Are you a Dune head? Uh, all those answer, all, uh, the, the answers to all those questions is yes. I am a big fan of Dune, the book, the David Lynch movie, and I was at Target Christmas shopping and I saw all of the new toys that were supposed to come out wow. for this Dune and I bought the whole set. Wow. You got the I'm David Dasmalchian set. toy? What's up? Was there a David Dasmalchian toy? Not yet. That's serious, too.
1: Was there a Stephen McKinley Henderson toy? No.
3: <laughs> no, it, there was a Javier Bardem. There was a Jason Momoa that looked like Oscar. Wait, no. The Jason, the Javier Bardem toy looked just like Oscar Isaac, so I was confused. But I bought huh. that one. I have my first ever Timothy Chalamet toy. I have a oh. Jason Momoa toy. I have, your first um, ever
1: Timothy Shallow toy after missing all of the other Timothy Shallow toys that have been coming out nonstop. Yes, right? obviously.
0: Yeah, yeah, you should have gotten the one from uh, Call Me By Your Name where he's got a peach as like his uh, action set.
3: No, I got the army hammer one from Call Me By Your Name.
0: Mm, got it with I the sneakers and the bark. 80s I, to get choice, yeah. I
1: can't find. You know, I needed those two. Oh, I, I, would, been, I would yes, have got yeah. his interstellar toy where he just like sits there silently in the corner.
3: Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I, yeah, yes, yeah, so I'm a big fan. I was a big fan of the trailer. I actually was rereading the book, getting ready for the release, and, um, yeah, i nice. very disappointed with <laughs> the postponement, but I get it. I'll wait. Looks good. Can't wait. Hope it makes a lot of money so we get part two.
1: Well, I mean, with that in mind, I mean, the film is, while I assume it's somewhat long, <laughs> like, I, I, can't, I, mean, I can't imagine, like it not being a fairly lengthy film, um, it, it, it got a PG-13 rating, which I was surprised by. I thought it was going to be another R-rated like his Blade Runner and obviously the other Dune. Uh, wait, is D- Dunes R, right? David Lynch's
3: Dune? Um, I don't think it would be. They don't swear
2: in
1: it. I'm trying to figure of that movie and what content that would have had. It. Yeah,
3: no, I think it's P. It might be PG or P- let me let me double check, but I don't think it's R. I think gonna... it is.
0: Oh, I'm trying to silently type so it doesn't get picked up by the keys, but
3: you it's know, PG-13. You're right, yeah, here yeah, yeah. It's, okay. yeah, no, it's it's fine.
1: Um, I was just curious because I know the book is a little heavier in that regard, but uh, it
3: is. But it's easy to omit if they want to get that PG-13 rating, so, <laughs> and it doesn't really ruin a lot of the story that way. But, well, you know, it's Warner, be- It's a Warner Brothers tenfold film. They can get away with a PG-13 rating and. A lot of violence, like Dark Knight or something. They, well, they, they can, can
1: but it. I mean, they also, you know, they <laughs> they, they let Danny have make, you know, a sequel to a famous flop of theirs and make it rated R and not feature Harrison Ford for two thirds of it. So, I mean, I figured, I don't know. We'll see what happens. But it, yeah, this makes, if you want to sell Dune, a film that ideally supposed to have a sequel you have an all-star cast and everything you want to make it more accessible for a book that's famously dense and seemingly not that accessible but um as far as but we'll see what happens i guess i i I'm, I'm excited to a point like i'm still impressed that blade runner 2049 was as good as it was mm-hmm. uh, so that like makes me feel like okay right, this he knows what he's doing like he's in addition to you know making somewhat headier films like sicario or arrival he also managed to make a very entertaining blade runner sequel that's still also heady and has plenty of things going on so it's like yeah, give me all this Dune with all these people in it. Huge cast, big budget, worms that look like whatever. <laughs> like, um, Yeah, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, right there you got giant space worms like that. That's going to win me okay. over right away. But mm-hmm. the rest of it, you know. Yeah, that's it's, no cave. It, it is an entertaining uh trailer, to say the least. And, you know, I, I, I want to see what that looks like. I've only recently just watched the David Lynch Dune for the first time. And it's cer- it's certainly a movie um, really? that I watched.
3: Yeah, <laughs> listen, listen, it's not good. But I love it. You know,
0: as as like an eight year old watching it on TV, it was it's, pretty excellent. though.
3: It's, I, as a kid, I watched the original *Dune* more than I watched *New Hope*. That makes like, sense. Yeah, it's just like, I can see just, that.
1: Yeah, yeah but yeah. I, I can't see of, that because the movie, a lot of movies, very boring to me. But
0: okay,
3: it just looked cool. Yeah, like, I, I, I think, think it looks cool. Yeah.
1: yeah, Again, as you, like you know, it also looks cool. A movie that doesn't try to like. <laughs> Fake the budget it has, like Dune seems I, to. I know. hear you, but I wasn't was even
3: All like, the HR so, I was all about I was. I was like, yeah, like the cool. blue
0: eyes and you know yeah. weird, the weird nostril things. I had no easy.
3: idea what was going on. But no, I, like, exactly, no idea what was going on.
0: I don't know. it was just like giant sandworms and guys in black suits. And this guy has like interesting and, wavy hair. And a soundtrack by Toto. It, yeah, how did you not? They bless the rains of down in Africa. Yeah, there's like a, there's
1: a really strong 30 minutes of film in the two an hour and 17 minute movie. I'm not going to deny that.
0: But... It. <laughs> it I'm just saying as an 8 year old it's very <laughs> yeah.
3: interesting. I loved Akira when I was 8 years old but I, I, I didn't have the English <laughs> dubbing. It was in Japanese. But I had no idea what was happening.
1: I was, was scared of Akira, which we've talked about. Yeah. Yeah. is mean, also, you know, good. Uh, that helps it also.
0: I'd, I'd mm. say it's pretty excellent. <laughs>
3: it's already subjective. It's it, Hey, where are you with Dune?
1: I
0: was interested in the trailer. I, I think that there was a lot of um, stuff that I don't... Like what we just talked about. There's a lot of stuff I don't remember as the, the plot of it. Um, and I haven't seen the documentary of Jodorowsky's Dune. Um, That's great. Is it? Okay. It's better so, than Dune. Yeah, I would imagine. <laughs> but it is one of those things where, you know, I, I do believe in what Denny has done. And I, I like his visual style. I like how he methodically moves things through. So... I would have been interested to see the unfolding of this story on the big screen. You know, I know that it a lot of directors have come out in this past week and, and kind of shouted down Warner Brothers and, and said that this is not what they signed up for, so to speak, um, in terms of trying to get their movies released. But I'd be interested to see what this movie uh, unfolds.
1: I didn't know it was two parts, by the way. I mean, it's... yeah, the The idea is to... I, I Like, I would assume the movie is made in a way where you can tell the story you're trying to tell in this first part of it with the implication that there will be more but could still be summed up with this first part but i don't know we'll we'll see what (laughs) happens i guess i I, you know beyond the quality of the film i've been very hesitant to think that this is going to be some kind of giant blockbuster that said you got a lot of people in here and it's pg-13 so that certainly opens up a lot of options as to how accessible it can be Mm -hmm. but i mean It's (laughs) it's due <laughs> like it's a it's a property that's been famously very hard to adapt and you know the first time they did it was a giant issue and didn't was you know a flop so it's like well okay. see what happens here i i you know i'd rather see a good movie that's also successful so we'll, we'll you know we'll see where it goes from there okay. um, and it's just it seems a, like a it's a hard plan to swallow where i'm like looking at this as a guy that's not on warner brothers board and thinking yeah, this is a good idea. Let's spend $200 million on the first half of a movie that did not work the first time around and see if that you know, works this time in a world yeah. where, where heavy sci-fi pro- projects don't tend to take off very often. But what do I Yeah, know? I mean, you definitely <laughs>
0: learn from Divergent.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, Dune does arrive October 1st, 2021. And uh, I mean, we'll see what happens. Things could do. Change for the the better in the year to come, and we'll see what Warner Brothers has. Alan's to say gonna
0: then. text you after it comes out and be like, "Did you like it or not?" And uh, when you write that you liked it, he's gonna write back with um, you know, devil emojis. With what, what? What? Devil emojis. If I liked it. Yeah. Okay. Yep. <laughs> so it's gonna happen.
1: If it ha- you know if it has a sufficient amount of evil or not evil, but like crazy space worms, like I'm into that right there. Like that's... <laughs>
0: Who doesn't like a good sandworm?
1: Beetlejuice, juice, that's who. Yeah, because that's the answer to that question. I I <laughs> o- open and shut case on that one. <laughs> Alright, let's move on now. Let's get to uh let's get to one of our first reviews for Sound of Metal.
2: Your hearing is deteriorating rapidly. We'll come back. Till then, Lou, we just keep going, okay? No, Lou. No. Let's play them all. Let's see what it's like, okay? I'm gonna be like a click track. You can play to me. You have to understand, your first responsibility is to preserve the hearing you have. I can't hear you. Do you understand me? I can't. I'm deaf. I'm deaf. I found a place. I think it's important that you stay here with us right now, Reuben. We're looking for a solution to, to this. Not this. I need you to wait for me, okay? You're in for me, Lou. You're my part. You're in for me, okay? You gotta wait for me. All
1: right. That should have been some of the trailer for Sound of Metal. Riz Ahmed stars as a recovering drug addict who is the drummer in a metal band with his girlfriend Lou, played by Olivia Cooke. The two live in an RV, driving across the country to perform gigs. When Reuben suddenly develops hearing loss, it leads to a dramatic shift for their lives. To get adjusted, Reuben joins a rural deaf community with an area devoted to recovering addicts. It is ran by a man named Joe, who wants Ruben to learn to help himself despite these challenges. As Reuben learns sign language and begins to adjust, he also continues considering the expensive procedure to install cochlear implants to possibly return to the life he once knew. Alan, I feel like you're a metal guy. Was this uh, how metal was this movie for
3: you? Oh, I don't, I, I I don't think that really matters. How I, I I don't he could have had another profession. He could have been a folk singer. I don't but care. I, well, I want to know how metal you think this movie is. <laughs> uh, not very. Okay. Or I don't know. I, I I don't. I didn't really think too much of it. I was like, okay, he's he's a black metal singer. It's a two top. Oh, it's a not a two top, but it's like a two person. It's a two piece band. Cool. Got it. Understood. I think that him being a metal wait, do you have a follow up question? Can I just get into it? Please do. Yeah. It's my dumb segue. Just go for it. Okay, got it. Okay, I was like, well, I can stop talking. Uh, no, I think that because he's a metal drummer, he has this instilled, um, like punk stubbornness of those kind of, of, those kind of uh, people that are in that subculture, which is really what is the driving force for his uh, arc throughout the course of the film. So I think that's why it's important in the movie. And I think that's why he chose to do that. Because if it was like some jazz singer, he'd probably be like, well, he probably wouldn't be as aggressive and stern in how he deals with this ish, uh, medical issue he's dealing with. But um, I was a, I was a big fan of the film. I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Uh, I was surprised I didn't really hear too much of it Be with, um, with COVID happening in me me not having um, much free time surprisingly because of running the business kind of with half a crew and everything. So when it came around to it, because you asked me to join, I was like, yeah, I'll watch it. I was surprised at how much I enjoyed the film. I liked it a lot. I thought that Riz um, is just killing it in this flick. I thought he was so good. And um, I'm a little saddened that he won't, I don't think he'll get the right recognition for this, for this performance that he should be getting um so I... far
1: he's he's building that buzz i mean there's a there's a strong he... chance there's, there's a good strong chance that he could be among the uh, contenders later on
3: i hope um, he is i think that it's going to kill the um what is it, the co- cochlear 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 yeah i think it's like i think it's gonna kill that entire industry i think this movie is made to <laughs> just destroy that industry but I, I i i do i did really really enjoy it i my only really issue is that he's kind like the lead. He uh, Reuben is kind of an asshole, and it's hard. It was hard for me to really pull for him since everyone around him was so supportive and loving and willing to help him, and he was just kind of he was just a jerk. Just a jerk. A punk, and, some would say. <laughs> yeah, but even mm. some punks kind of like you know they kind of heart of gold. Yeah, but, oh like he had segments with children and stuff, and I thought that was really sweet, and I thought that was really brought to me brought a human side to him and i just feel like he was just too stubborn to really understand i don't know i just i don't know it it took me a while to really warm up to him as a character but i thought the performance was wonderful and i had a very good time watching this movie and with all the with the lack of the i I don't know if it's a good or bad term to use but i have not watched a lot of new movies coming out this year but i think that this is the best movie of the year okay
0: well hey where where are you with the I like *Son of Battle. I don't know if it's a perfect movie. I don't think it's um, one of those movies where I would say that it's it might be like shy of my top ten kind of thing. Um, and what I liked about it a lot is what Alan was describing it it has a lot of uh, a lot of movie elements that you don't normally see. And we've talked about this before, uh, where if you kind of go against the grain in terms of the like subject matter or in terms of like how you're trying to make a movie. That stuff is very really fascinating to me. I like the way that they, that the director here, Darius Martyr, written by, written by another Abraham, by the way. Um, so kudos to the other Abrahams of the world, I suppose. co I should say. But the way that Darius Martyr decides to play with the, um, the sound editing of this movie, right? So, uh, sometimes you're hearing what, what, um, Riz Ahmed's character is hearing, Ruben, uh, and then sometimes you're hearing like just the way that everybody would experience this had you not had a, a hearing impairment. Um, one of the things I, I liked about it a lot is that it does let you into this fascinating, you know, side of things that you don't normally experience, which is the, the rural community that you talked about, Aaron, and, and how uh, folks that are deaf or um, have hearing loss they don't see themselves as having any sort of disability. They live their lives normally, and they use American Sign Language as their language, right? Um, it is a, a way to communicate. And so, I enjoyed those parts of it. I actually found like a soft spot around those those times where they are um, signing and they're they're in this community, and especially like when Riz Ahmed is is uh, helping out like the school teacher, and he's also learning these things himself. I found the movie to be at parts like patchy. And what I mean by that is like sometimes I didn't really get a great sense of time or I didn't really get a great sense of like, well, he's really giving himself into this. Um, so from a writing standpoint, it's kind of like not that it's all over the place, but there's a lot of a lot of ideas that they come back to, uh, but they never really fully develop. And that I found that to be a little unfortunate. Um, as far as like the performance go, I do like the, what Riz Ahmed is doing here. I think we've been fans of Riz Ahmed for a while, um, ever since like Nightcrawler. And then, you know, he kind of blew up with like the night of. Um, on HBO. As far as like the acting goes, like I, I actually really was curious about some scenes where I was curious if the director just said, okay, great. In this scene, we're not gonna tell anybody else, but you're the only one that knows that you've gotten uh, deaf or hard of hearing. Because I love seeing his facial expressions, kind of just like tell me the story of what's going on here. Um, so overall, I think it's actually a, a it's a good movie. I don't know if it's great. Um, I found it a little not meandering, but I found it a little bit like loose on some plot and narrative elements um but uh like i i would say that it is because it's available on amazon prime i, I would say that it, it is worth your watch um i did relate this to a documentary called the i can't remember if it's like the sound of fear but it's sound of fury but it's about um, a, a, a hearing impaired family and one of their daughters decides to get cochlear implants as well, and there's just a huge storm and a huge fight about it. Um, and I find that it's a great documentary. So again, I was I was emotionally affected by some of these uh, scenes in this movie, um, but unfortunately, that's not really like where the story that he wants to tell goes. The director wants to go, um, and ultimately, I don't know if it really resolves anything per se. Like the the closing shot, I get it. But at the same time, like it's a, it's kind of just like what Alan was saying. It's hard to like sometimes root for this person, not because he's selfish, but more just because like again, I just think there's a lot of floating ideas.
1: Sound and Fury is the. Sound and
0: Fury, yeah. not the Sound and Fury.
1: Uh, I think this movie's uh, quite great. Uh, I think that's it, it, largely due to Riz Ahmed, who is giving a terrific performance. I've been a huge fan of his for a long time now. Since uh, I mean. He's been doing stuff before he even started doing film, but Four Lions is a movie that I just think is absolutely yeah, fantastic, right. and he's great in it, among other things since He's then. also great in Venom, let's not uh, <laughs> As, as the main villain, yeah. He's certainly in it. Um, <laughs> But I I mean, the thing you're describing, as far as the journey goes and the likability ability of the I mean, it's... <laughs> It's, I mean it, this is a great example of you know people being messy and films not needing to emphasize like wrapping up with some kind of cleanliness or some kind of like great passion arc that really defines the you know the, the future of his life I feel like the where we where we stop this film like there's frustration that can be there sure as far as the choices he's made and what he's got to but I as far as kind of the journey we've gone on with this character like i I really appreciated the kind of almost baby steps that he's like eventually he ends up kind of taking to get to the place that he is to realize like what kind of what kind of position he's in and where he needs to go from here and where there's a there's a sense of optimism that comes out of that and i i can admire that as far as the kind of movie it's set up from that point where i feel like if it took bigger swings or bigger bigger dramatic arcs it'd feel inauthentic to the movie i've been watching thus far that said outside of just that the, the like the main story i think what's really excellent about this film is the sound design um mm-hmm. this is a film that it it like in terms of like depth of story there's only so much going on because it's like a guy that needs to learn how to do a thing like that's really what it comes down to um and there's obstacles in his way and his own stubbornness or what have you but to really have us get into get into understanding what he's going through and what the society he gets involved with is and just how how to interpret what a a person who's lost their hearing is going through like i think it does a great job of communicating that to that that to us through its use of sound where you 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 play with the basically what the audio track is doing you you're in his head and you can't understand things or drops out or it's just harsh on the ears or what have you like it's doing all these different Using all these different techniques to recreate this exact experience for for uh, for Ruben and what he's going through. At the same time, it knows how to change perspective. So you're not always in Ruben's head. You can you can the camera like wisely takes like ten steps back sometimes or moves you across the room or something to give you a sense of what it feels like on the outside. And it keeps doing it keeps playing with that throughout the film. And it, wisely using the American Sign Language, it doesn't give you subtitles. You're just following along because the film is strong enough to present you things visually without having to out and out explain it to you there are some like very scattered just but it's again it's based all around the current perspective you have on the film and i think it i think that's really clever and i think it's very effective in helping to tell this story i would agree it's a little long like the film only it, because of the depth of the story there's only so much to tell and so just having it out to two hours at a pace that's a little slow, a little it's like deliberate. Like it, it that doesn't make the film boring to me. It just feels like there's there's a lot here when I think there could have been a little bit more concise. That said, there's there is a lot of greatness coming out of that middle section where he's in the deaf community. I, I really I really like all of that. That's a lot of we'll talk about this more of Nomadland, but there's a lot of process there where you're just mm-hmm. seeing like people doing the thing. Um, and I I really like watching Ruben adjust to the society and then become like a part of it, let alone one that's a leader in it. Um, and it's it's like seeing that rub up against the things that are causing him problems in his life, which is you know, his past addictions and how that comes back in its own sort of way. I I I mean I there is drama there that I appreciated. and I, and with that, I liked how it didn't go down certain paths that you could generally see when you deal with a former drug addict that's in recovery there's a lot of cliche trite ways to deal with that and this film wisely tries to get around those things by approaching them in different ways or just frankly not just doing the you know the very obvious stuff that it could do Uh, so like with all that that just makes this movie it just it feels unique in that sense as far as movies that can be typically defined as awards bait because it's a you know lead character that suffers some kind of trauma and has to put his life back together For one thing, it's not a white guy, so there's a step up right there. But also, you have (laughs) you you have a way of getting wins awards. (laughs) (laughs) White guys with problems. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Um, But getting around getting around that not only through just casting choices, but also the way it approaches this story and the way it gets into those problems without having to resort to things that you've seen many times over. I just really I thought that was uh, just a a great way to go. So I really like this movie.
0: Yeah, and a lot of what you're talking about there, where they could go down these like tried avenues, I agree with you that it's not that kind of movie because that's just not what they're going for. Like it's a person that is trying to, it, it, like what Ellen is saying, it's like this guy who who has like his own intentions, um, and unfortunately they just he doesn't really see the forest from the trees kind of thing, and how sure. it's not a a one time thing to deal with. You know what I mean? Like it's actually just your new life. And so that's why I appreciate the ending and I appreciate the way that it sort of um, is like this acceptance, so to speak. Um, but uh, like what you're describing there with like the farmhouse, I'm sorry, not the farmhouse, but like th- there's the community and everything. I really liked a lot of that. And I would say like a lot of us, uh, everybody here likes a lot of that. I just didn't feel as though it was like um, a situation in which I, I. It's like the rice hall redemption type thing, it's like in his redemption of it. It just didn't really feel as though um, he really gave a shit about it at the end, and I was just like, "Oh,
3: That's no! I, I think he did. Mm-hmm. I, 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 no, I think he did, but I think that he had a different priority. Right? I think that if there, I think if he didn't have Lou, it, he, he would not have gone through with what he He did. Oh no! I think it would. I think it would have been a different story. But also, you don't know what happens at the end, where he might have. I, I don't know. I don't really want to spoil anything, so. But I don't want to no, focus too much on.
1: I don't want no, to focus too much on the ending of this movie. But yeah. I, I, based on what we see in the middle, I do think there is a connection he does form with that community. That's enough to suggest possibilities of what happens next.
0: Totally. Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Speaking of that, I mean, we're talking about a lot of this community. Uh, Paul Ratchie, who plays Joe, the the man who's like basically like the the mentor for Ruben, the guy who's the deaf Obi Wan.
2: Yeah, basically,
1: yeah, he <laughs> is tremendous in this film. I think he's he's, he's fantastic. He's a character actor. He's been in other films. He is deaf in real life. Um, and but he. It it comes into this kind of, like, natural groundedness of the film, where every people feel authentic. I mean, most of the people in the deaf community are all just actual deaf people living in this community. Like, it's not made up of, of much like, again, this is perfectly paired with Nomadland as far as, like, the kinds of things going on as far as non-actors being involved and what have you and the general groundedness of it. But I I think he... He does a great job of obviously just laying out what this place is supposed to be like, but just having a connection with Ruben outside of Lou, giving him someone that he can bump heads with or reason with, and because of the sort of the nature of who these people are, as you know, being a deaf man, watching him react to this guy who's coming into this life and not getting it or not wanting to or making the wrong choices or what have you, like it, there's there's a lot of good interplay there that gets again, it's just all it's all that stuff and it's the meat it's the meat of this middle section which again we are all kind of praising and i mean because it is a highlight it's a really strong yeah. portion of the film
0: yeah totally and i think the, the part that yeah. i i did like about the third act is that life moves on like not to say that um people get stuck in in a, a place or or what have you but i do like the idea that you know Everybody has their own life to live, and I'm glad that there's acceptance of it, because um, I think that's like a strong thing in how you write characters um, and also how you should live your own life. You know, you should realize that there's really like you know time waits for no one kind of thing. So you should you have to like live your life. Um, it's like what it's like what they say in uh, which I call it. Um, the Shawshank Redemption get busy living and get busy dying kind of thing um, and it's true and so I like that, that where they do in the third act what happens with Lou and, and kind of like what happens ultimately um, at the close of the movie is is where we're left off
1: How would you guys like the relationship aspect of this film where the film does start with him being in this very strong relationship with Lou and they're living together and they you know, mm-hmm. they they complement each other, essentially, and then they have to make a pretty harsh split because Ruben needs to adjust to this new life he's living in. What did you guys think of, like, Olivia Cook's performance and, like, how this relationship kind of plays out throughout the film?
3: I wish she was in more of it, if that was going to be more of an aspect of it. <laughs> I think that with the big crux of them splitting up, like, they did their best to kind of show how strong they were, but I feel like if we had, like, another 10 to 15 minutes of screen time of them together we could kind of really see and feel the desperation more, but I, I thought she was good. I just, I, it's one of the, this is just how I am loving four hour movies. Like I just wanted more. Like I, I will take the deep dive and watch a long movie. If I feel that the performances are good and the story is good. I think that the strongest part of the movie wasn't necessarily his relationship with her. It was the relationship with the people, in the community. Right. I think that's the one we grew more fond of as as an audience than a previously established relationship. Instead of seeing one f- flourish that we did on screen, mm-hmm. I'd argue the film knows that too. Like I wouldn't be surprised if there was yeah. more, and you know, it's just
1: kind of slowly excised. I and mean, again, that's speculation. But regardless, I do think the film functions in a way where you're seeing just enough to recognize the relationship they had, and then when you see her later on. The, the choices being made I think if you have more of their relationship it makes a it's not it might not be as clean as far as how to kind of move on to the next step from there yeah
0: I
3: perhaps yeah there's
0: probably like an unneeded amount of that to go into the script you know what I mean like what we have is what we have and I think it's enough to establish that. Hey, by the way, you know these people um, have really helped each other out uh, through tough times, and they're together, and and they'll continue to have like this everlasting bond. But um, I, I think it was like the right amount. Like I I, I like Olivia Cook enough. Like we definitely have seen her. I think I think Aaron and I root a lot for the people from the Signal. <laughs> so <laughs> it's like it's great that we're seeing like. I think the person that that we haven't seen the most of is uh Brendan Thwaites, but
1: he's he's doing well, something because he does his he does he's been put, put putting that like Taylor Kitsch, uh, Sam Worthington like bland white guy as the lead of things type position. So he <laughs> the things he's doing just aren't as interesting as Bo Nap. <laughs> yeah, movies.
0: or or like uh, like what Olivia Kick is doing, but yeah, it's always cool to see like that trio from that movie. Um, and see what they're up to so i i liked her enough in this movie i think that what they did with her is is actually great you know like there's um again this is sort of like what i talked about like the goldfinch where you can't have characters that just stay in the same mentality same mode throughout the the course of an entire film that takes place over you know an x amount of time um so i'm glad when they show this progression you know it, it wasn't as though she um was still like this this rocker that was like living her life you know trying to make uh ends meet one gig at a time kind of thing um so i think the only thing about um the olivia cook and riz Ahmed relationship was that there's there's a, a great sense of uh, or there's like a great thing that they say at the end there were about saving each other kind of thing and i i I actually kind of felt emotional about that, but I, I would have loved to have seen a little bit more. Not not that I needed to visually see a little bit more, but just maybe like know a little bit more. Even though I, I kind of got the gist of it, like I, I'm not asking for like more. This sounds poor now, um, but it's more just like that's the emotional beat that probably would have been, um, that would have like floored me, I suppose, mm-hmm. if I if I had um been given that, and then with like the strong ending of this movie.
1: Alan, you mentioned the kind of the nature of the cochlear implants in the industry being cochlear. Co cochlear. Mm-hmm. Being kind of taken down to an extent by this film. So what, what did you think about the kind of the portrayal of, of the deaf and the movie's very decided stance, which makes sense as far as from,
3: it, we, right. Yeah, it does. No, I really like the the way they that the sound editor and all the effects really handled his progression of losing his hearing i thought that was really interesting and i really liked how they kind of went
2: i don't know i was i was i don't
3: know how can i put it i think it was very it was terrifying just (laughs) because i was putting myself in that position of what would happen if i would lose my sight and how i react to this and so yeah maybe i would get pretty angry at first because i wouldn't understand it but i think the way they handled it and the way they even handled it after you get like with the implants and everything it it's you can see how silence and the teachings of what Joe was telling him would be the better option. But also, I just don't feel like he really, really researched what he was doing. I just think he heard, I can get this and I'll be better. Done. Right. I I really don't think he understood what he was putting himself through because he was so, you know, focused on, I do this, I get this much money, I do what I got to do, and I'm going to be able to hear again.
1: But I mean that. I feel like that informs the addict side of him. I mean that's. Yeah. It's, I mean it's, yeah. it's it's he's trying to get, you know, he he needs he needs this fix, and you mm-hmm. know, I mean, and I think the film does a good job of establishing how he's built his life, you know, rebuilt his life essentially around, you know, being involved with his music and having a very strict regimen as far as exercise mm-hmm. and diet and what have you. And so you've taken that completely away. You've upset everything he's done over the past four years to rework his body, mm-hmm. and I. I I think it's it's a tricky line to walk for a film as far as having a lead character that you are constantly frustrated by because obviously we can see what the right choices are and he's clearly not making them. But, yeah. it, all, but it goes exactly to what we've established about this guy. He is a person of organization and routine in order to keep himself clear. And now he's unclear and it's right i i like that quite i like that yeah. challenge i like a film that's going to not give me someone that i can just immediately root for i have to like understand what it is i have to think about that a little bit
3: more yeah yeah i, I mean totally the more you guys thing. are explaining to me the more i'm the more you're turning me on liking him but i already liked the movie anyway so i was like great. Right. i mean i'm liking it more now
0: yeah and i think that the element of of the implant is um I'm glad that, you know, some, some folks would would be a little bit too over the top in trying to um like write that it was not not a panacea, but, you know, just write that like, oh, well, it's going to like present itself as like the, the best thing. It's like, no, you're actually not given a whole lot of information about it, which could be a detriment. But at the same time, it's more of just like he heard this once and then he thinks that it's going to solve everything. Um, And I think that would have been interesting to have Joe and him talk about it at some, at some point. Like, not a super in-depth thing, but just more like, you know, this is not a fix. And they sort of do after the fact. But um, that's what I liked about the immediacy of what happens after uh, some events in the movie where it's like it's i I'll actually like the explanation that the doctor gives him um, and that it's uh, it's just it is what it is. And, you know, uh, we're, we're off from there to, to finish out the story, but like I'm being super vague, but at the same time, it, it's really just like it's it's not so much about that. Like I agree with you guys that it, he's super focused on how can I fix this so I can get back to my my life back to normal. And that's really like where I found the beauty in the movie is like it's not about getting your life back to normal. This is the new normal. You know what I mean. And so the acceptance of it is is the best part.
1: Any other thoughts on sound and metal? I mean, there's a lot. <laughs> I can't think of anything else I can praise about the film. But I mean, I, mm-hmm. R- R- Riz Ahmed is really good in this movie. I feel like I mean, we can all agree on that. I think it it, it takes a lot. I mean, for one thing, he like what he learned sign language. Like he learned he learned another language for this movie. Right. Um, in addition to learning how to be a drummer, I mean, these are you know, at being an actor, like you're required to do certain kind of things. But like it. It feels like it's another step when you're doing, you know, not just, like, the, you know, learning an instrument or whatnot, but, like, learning not only to, like, do sign language, but also be within, like, a community and live within that and really take on that kind of challenge to for a film that, you know, it's not some kind of blockbuster. It's a little movie, um, and so there, right. you know, there's always something admirable when you see actors, like, going those extra steps, and I'm sure, it, you know, it's the kind of thing that impacts a life when you're, you know, dealing in that kind of realm and really digging into it, so I it's just like it's already a really strong performance and there's just like a lot there that i'm sure it's informed by so totally just kudos to him and i do hope that he you know goes on to receive accolades that are you know equivalent to some of the other heavy hitters that are also you know getting the, all the buzz so far this mm-hmm. year any other thoughts on uh, sound of metal we can...
0: yeah nitpick nitpick is just really getting all this money that's pretty much it. Who? Who? Yeah. Just them in general. It's like I don't know where all this money is coming from. Like I know that he sold some things, but um, yeah. before that too, and then after that, I was like, where's where, how's he how's he affording this? But just that's just like an unanswerable question nitpick.
3: Well, all of the stuff he sold, like his drum set, his mixing board. A mixing board is a lot of money.
0: His... Yeah, but I thought I that went told like one thing in the movie, and then how does he? get other money anyway
3: so yeah i mean they said between 40 and 80 so let's yeah, that's a huge range yeah, <laughs> yeah so like let's get a difference and bring it down to 60 and if he does it with 26 you know he can probably get there yeah, yeah i'm yeah. sure that the deaf the deaf community they all probably either get donations or it's a foundation or they just have jobs and they pay for it that way yeah true yeah and lou's dad is rich Yes, yeah, so, is, uh, fairly wealthy. Yeah. Nice little role for, uh, Mattel, Am- yeah. Amaric as Amaric.
0: Well. Where have I seen
1: him from? He's in lots of uh, things. Uh, Munich, Quantum, Quantum of Solace. Quantum of Solace. He's Quantum Solace. There. But well, I mean, the diving best. bell and the butterfly is the big thing. There. Yes, that's, that's, that's the Yeah, okay. Uh, the Grand Budapest Hotel. Who's he? In? He's what well, he's like. He's in on the kind of conspiracy thing, and he's in the church, and then Willem Dafoe strangles him. Oh, he's that guy.
0: <laughs> he's the informant. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Okay. Yeah.
1: Now I've seen him around. It's like his face looks very recognizable. Yeah, he's got big eyes. You, you know him. <laughs> he might. He might. He might as well be a Tim Burton movie. <laughs> Surprised he's not, honestly. <laughs> All right, well, with all of that in mind, when should people go and see Sound of Metal? It's currently available for
3: streaming on Amazon Prime. Should people put it right at the top of their queue? What should they do, Alan? Oh, um, if they are interested in award season contenders, then I would recommend putting it at the top of your queue. Abe?
0: Yeah, I'd say, like, in our old rating, this is, like, a dollar theater movie, and then in our new rating, you should you should see it. It's probably one of the better movies of the year, but it just wasn't um, a huge... Top of it, uh, so yeah, it's in your queue.
3: Watch it on a Sunday afternoon with your loved one, and it works. Mm-hmm. Out, or by yourself, whatever. But yeah, I watched it on a Sunday afternoon, and I had a good time. Yeah, go. I um very
1: much recommend this movie, and yeah, put it on the top of your queue. I mean, it's a, it's a great among the dramas coming out this year the ones that are easily available there's no reason not to watch this film i think mm-hmm. some, it's excellent in it i think the i really want to emphasize how great i think the sound design is because it, it, oh, it's yeah. of
0: course yeah that's a, the thing that makes the movie
1: it's a huge aspect of the film and just something that's not like other films as far as how to really communicate something so i mean mm-hmm. that alone watching it you know and you know nice hd and everything having like the the preferred version of this film and being able to get like that exact sound auditory experience, I think is certainly worthwhile. Um, so yeah, um, all yeah. right, yeah. Let's let's. Uh, that was our review for Sound of Metal. Let's move on now. Let's get to our next review for Nomadland.
3: You are one of those lucky people that can travel anywhere. Yes,
2: ma'am. My and mom. they'll sometimes call you. Nomads. My mom says that you're homeless. Is that true? No, I'm not homeless. I'm just houseless. Not the same thing, right? No. My husband worked at the USG mine in Empire. I was a substitute teacher. It is a tough
3: time right now. You may want to consider early retirement. I need work.
2: I like work. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Welcome to Badlands Spa. What the nomads are doing is not that different than what the pioneers did. Hey, Fern! You gotta make the hole bigger. In the yeah. I think Fern's part of an American tradition. Oh, he's gonna come right through the glass. My dad used to say, "What's remembered lives." I maybe spent too much of my life just remembering.
1: That should have been some of the trailer for Nomadland. Based on a non-fiction book chronicling the journeys of older American workers who travel like nomads in search of employment, while in pre-production on Marvel's Eternals, director Chloe Zhao also took the time to make a film about these workers, with a focus on the fictional character Fern, played by Francis McDormand. As one who's lost everything in the Great Recession of the late aughts, we watch Fern travel through the American West in her van, which she's also converted into a home. Through these journeys, we watch her work, interact with other nomads, take advice from a few mentor-like figures, and even form a bond with David Stratherns, David, a man of greater means that she keeps bumping into. Abel, where are you haven't seen the movie yet, so obviously feel free to participate via questions or what have you. Yeah. But Alan, where were you yeah. with uh, Nomadland?
3: I liked it. Um, it's a nice slice—not nice, but it's a slice of life movie for sure. It's just um, think it's well directed. I think it's well written. I feel like Frances McDormand does a great job, but I also feel like she just wasn't acting at the time and she was just naturally reacting to the character she was running into throughout the course of the film. Um, I, 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 you know, I enjoyed it. I, I thought it was, I thought it was a nice, mellow, somber, slice of life film. And a pretty great acting showcase for uh, Francis. I
1: mean, I'm not going to disagree. I think the movie, I think it's pretty excellent, but yeah, as far as the kind of story it's telling, it is a very slice-of-life thing. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a very fitting way to sell it, but I mean, it's it's beautifully shot. Like, I yeah. can't, like, the movie, it could be called, you know, Magic Hour the movie, as far as the way it uses oh. dusk constantly to, and let alone the environments of the American West, to really just show off, like, colors, like, mm-hmm. in the landscapes and the you know, despite the kind of the, the low means that these people have that we're watching, they live in just like these, or they're at least a part of these kind of one beautiful parts of the country that you just don't think about very often, which is obviously that's a shame. And we've seen stories like this before we've seen movies like this before. And it's, you know, people can, you know, you have hearts and thoughts all about these things you know, there we are with another story that's still going over this group of people or what have you. Uh, But, it doesn't deny the fact that, yeah, there's a lot of beauty out there, despite the fact that these people that are going through tough times um, and the separation between something like this and Hillbilly Elegy um, is quite clear as far as, well, I can really I can get with these characters. I can see what they're going through. I'm watching them, you know, proceed through this life and it's not, a, you know, it's not a, it's not trying to narrate to me. What I'm supposed to feel about all of this. It's not trying to tell me where their, you know, their thoughts lie and all these things as far as the why of it all. It's just more of the situation that they're in. And I feel like the the lack of, it's not trying to, it's not trying to like point fingers. It's just, it's putting things on display in a way that I think is very effective uh we talked i talked already i mentioned the the process part of sound of the middle this is a process movie Mm -hmm. this is this is process the magic hour the movie and it's process the movie because there's a (laughs) lot of there's a lot of watching fern let alone the people she interacts with just doing the stuff that they need to do on a daily basis to get by whether it's the odd jobs they work which includes a scene taking place at amazon it includes Mm -hmm. a job at a, a campsite that fern gets a job at for a while or just like selling things um just just on the side of the road, there's all these little details and what have you. That yeah, I mean, I you could you could say it's just like Frances McDormand just being in places, but I mean, it's just a showcase for how good of an actress she is. No, like, she's wonderful. Yeah, it's it's so it is. It's very authentic. It's very grounded and natural. And like she actually did like take a job for a couple days at these various places, including Amazon, uh, to just be in this world and like understand it. And I think Chloe Zell very much gets how to. Do, I mean, she. We, t- we talked about the writer plenty when
0: the, well, my favorite movies of like the past decade
1: yeah mm-hmm. and we you know obviously that film used non-actors you had you had you had um
0: brady james
1: i was probably like brody that's that's jason lee yeah. brady and um, <laughs> and you know his family or what have you and it's mostly not and it's all non-actors and you're watching you know they're watching them do their tasks essentially while yeah. also you know talking to each other this movie i mean you have you know, you have Franz McDormand, a professional. You have David Strathairn, a professional, doing their thing.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: while I could argue David Strathairn's stuff, while good, kind of takes away from some of the authenticity, I think, from the rest of the film, when you're like, hey, there's Franz McDormand hanging out with these regular people that are just, you know, being themselves. And then it's like, now here's David Strathairn coming, <laughs> movie star David Strathairn coming to also. And I don't think it's necessarily bad. It's just like, much like we're talking about with the deaf community in Sound of Metal, I feel like the stuff with Fern in the in, in like just like by with these other people that are non-actors mm-hmm. that felt more compelling to me overall it doesn't take away from the greatness of the one, because i think this one's pretty great but it, it's watching all of that watching it all come together and wa- watching the choices that is making who is the director writer and editor on this film oh, wow. um and, and producer i guess um there's very much a clear vision here of how she wants to tell this story and use mcdormand as this you know the the person that's going to guide it and i found that all to be quite compelling like it's Mm -hmm. i I, i'm so curious like how far this goes and i don't like talking about films as far as like what awards they could win but as far as you know you when you think about the awards films and kind of the appeal they have to an audience it's not like nomadland is (laughs) it's not a blockbuster by any means it's not it's not not a traditional crowd pleaser i wouldn't call
3: it accessible
1: yeah it's less it's less okay. accessible than other films of this yeah. kind time of year that will go on yet it still has this momentum currently to do so so i'm just I, i'm very curious to see what that's going to lead to because the film just it it seems like there's a lot of universal praise for it because it's doing the stuff that you want this kind of movie to do very well um and it you know it looks great it's scored great it's acted great it's <laughs> like it's just yeah. it, it it has is, all these these great things about it yeah. that are that add to the story it wants to tell the you know the kind of things it wants to put on display and even like just from like a messaging level it's set what it's set in two thousand nine right
3: two thousand nine sounds about right
1: yeah um well, the, no, it'll it would be after that because
3: she meets up with some uh with oh it is after that no it's two thousand yeah, like, it's, it's two thousand eleven I think oh, okay. no it's, I think they mentioned two thousand twelve at one point I okay. think. I try no, to think if there's, a, like,
1: I think there's like an Avengers reference, and that makes me think it's 2012. Well, it
3: was, oh, <laughs> that's right. But it, but the poster was Ultron. It wasn't the.
1: President. Oh. That I could think. track then. I'm trying to think. Regardless, I mean, it yeah. it is it is talking well, about that's a certain 2015. It's trying to put in a certain you know period of time as far as when this, what this person's going through when and like. A st- and i guess that makes sense too as far as the politics of the time, because again it doesn't really delve into that but it doesn't have to but it's certainly you know there are implications you can take away from it and again i think the film is wise in finding ways to simply put people on display without like having them like talk about reasonings um the other thing some of these non-actors are pretty terrific there's a character named swanky who's so wonderful good. in this film so good. <laughs> appropriately
0: named or just just it's her actual
1: her name is charlene swanky she goes by Uh swanky
0: okay gotcha i was like oh is she like you know wearing fur coats and minks
1: and she's one of these three mentors that that fern which is interesting because fern is you know france mcdormand she's in her 60s um Mm -hmm. and she's somewhat new to this world by comparison to some of the other um nomads that are out here uh, but she still has people that are kind of helping guide her through what she needs to do. And Swanky right. leaves, I think the biggest impression because of her kind of brassness uh, to her, brashness to her as far as it's not, a, you know, it's not about just making someone feel at ease. It's like being real, being real right. with them about like how this, you know, it's not, this is a life and you have to protect yourself. You have to be good about these things. And so I, all of these things just really add up to me for like making just a really engaging film, despite being right. one that's, has this sort of melancholy, like you're saying, Alan? It has this kind of, you know, it's not, it's not a, it's not a sunny film, as far as what these people are going through and whatnot. They're making the best of it, and sure, i, I there are many that are, I'm sure, satisfied with the lives that they're living. But I mean, there's obviously a reason that they're in this position to begin with. That probably wasn't the one that they were setting out to do from the get go.
0: Chloe has made movies that are in North Dakota and Wyoming and, and those northern plain states. Is this also in that place or doesn't take place there necessarily?
3: It takes place over seven states, I okay. think. Okay. Yeah. It's all over the, it's all over that area. So I think Arizona
1: It's
0: a lot uh, there's a lot of, Soda, a lot of
1: yeah, Soda. a lot of like Southwest uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, it does get into a little bit a little bit of the Midwest as well.
0: Got it. Okay. And then you talked about like just the way that that um Francis is there, but David is is it feels like David is is it because David you've known him from other places and so you definitely know like that voice and that face. Or is it that the character is like, okay, well he's like I don't know, I don't know what he plays, but is well, it? Just he he plays he, a it's he so plays forward. a guy,
1: she kinda runs into him a couple times and they form oh, yeah. this sort of bond where he's clearly smitten with her and she's not really reciprocating, uh-huh. um, but they're still spending time together. But like he's more or less just it's because it's because he's an actor. It's cause you know it's David Strathairn. It's Yeah, not, it's, like,
3: Okay, so Abe, you've seen like Law and Order, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know when you see, like, the big special guest star. Yeah, when I see Carl Penn, he's
0: definitely the killer.
3: Or, yeah, it's like that. You're like, you see David, you're like, oh, he's going to come back.
0: Uh, I see what For, you're saying. Okay. It's like
3: that kind of vibe. That's, like, a great,
0: uh, that's a great That's uh, great uh, way to describe it, yeah. yeah.
1: And, like, his involvement in the story is, to the extent that this film has a story, he's involved with it. So <laughs> you, you need, I get that you need, not necessarily need, because I'm sure there's a way, to, but, I mean, that's the choice that she made to make this movie. So, like, there's, mm-hmm. I'm sure there's, like, a... The way it's handled is like you need someone to like be her counter as far as getting to understand what Fern's point of view is in all of this. Who also, I wouldn't necessarily say stubborn in the same way as Ruben is in Sound of Metal, but there's a sort of people, yeah. whether it's charity or whatever you want to describe it as, there are people that care about her and want to help her, and she mm-hmm. often chooses not to take that help. Uh, you could attribute that to pride if you wanted to, or just you know something else it's hard. it's i mean we personally can't connect to this i mean like so it's it's hard to establish exactly what that reasoning is nor i you know, don't want to like put anyone down uh but at the same time it's like there are ways to help yourself um that are not taken advantage of and which makes for you know a more complex character i would say cool. and stratharin very much factors into that aspect mm-hmm. of the film i think
0: as far as, like, other technical aspects go, you guys mentioned the cinematography and, and the directing. Uh, anything else, like, on the on the music or the score? Or is there uh, hardly any score?
1: there's a, no, no, there's, there's a score. There's a, a, a kind of a melodic theme that runs yeah. through, and I think it's quite good. Like, it does uh-huh. its job of leveling out with the atmosphere, like, making it all feel consistent. Like, the film... Because it's there are pensive. Yeah. It's and... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's not like there's not like acts of this film in the same way like Sound of Metal has very clear acts. It definitely has like where, three
0: different acts, yeah.
1: Yeah, where where this is more. I mean, it's Nomadland. You're you're a nomad who's just traveling. It's it's basically it because it, it's a year, right, Alan? Isn't it basically like a year in the life?
3: Yeah, yeah, because because uh, the Amazon your, thing, I think. your Amazon yeah. thing, which yeah. is surprising that Amazon letters sh- like let them shoot there, but they didn't make it seem <laughs> terrible. So, well, I mean, I think
1: well <laughs> oh, that's. Yeah. You know, obviously you have to. I'm sure there's some clever negotiation there, but yeah, it's not out to vilify Amazon, nor is it to glorify them either. I think it, it's doing yeah. it's it's presenting things as is, which I think that's a that's yeah, an easy that, nice. that's an easy thing to you know convince a company to let you do because that is a very specific you know it's not just like random brand. It's Amazon, the biggest one of the biggest conglomerates in the world. So it's mm-hmm. like, how do you show that effectively? as just a way to show what this person does. And again, that's I think that's a a highlight of this film as far as not specifically Amazon, but just like the nature of the film in general. It's showing you this stuff as it is, as it occurs, without judgment. It's more about the character. And so you're 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 seeing Fern do her job and you're seeing her interact with um Linda May. Um and like the people that are and she introduces her to people that are also working there and the circumstances they're under where you know, they only have this job for so often, but they'll be able to get a check out of it. So right. that's how it is. And it's I mean, it's weird that I'm not sadder from this film. Oh, because yeah, I was going to ask, situation. like,
0: is it more of a story of this is how Americans live or is it more of like, by the way, you know you should like this is this is our life and we love it cuz i'm thinking about like this book that john steinbeck wrote called travels with charlie where mm-hmm. he drives around in an rv with his dog and at one point they stop in idaho and he just meets up with these people that are um seasonal potato farmers and and pickers and laborers and he just talks about like how he and they enjoy their life and they all have like a dinner t- at the, in the evenings and it's just how americans some the slice of american life lives and they're totally fine with it. So is it more like that, or is it more of like a story of, well, the recession hit, and everybody has had it pretty hard, and you know what? It's t- it's hard to make ends meet.
3: I think it's somewhere in the middle. Yeah, it's okay, somewhere in the
1: middle. Steinbeck's a great reference, by the way. This, this yeah. is very much like Neo Steinbeck looking at the movie like this. <laughs> yeah, Steinbeck.
3: <laughs> That's funny. No, I, it's in the middle. It's very much – there. this is how a certain segment of the American population lives. Mm-hmm. But – it's not necessarily the recession, sometimes it's medical expenses, sometimes they lost a loved one, sometimes they they just don't they just don't want to be confined to the day-to-day nonsense of living in this world. Mm-hmm. And they that's why they do this. It's it, it's 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 a fascinating look at that kind of life. I didn't I had no previous idea that people did that. It was all communal. It was very nice. It reminded me a lot of that independence day scene where all the RVs were going to the base. <laughs> you're not wrong i mean i know that's funny but you're not wrong like it is it is showing i'm you... right and i'm funny
1: <laughs> <laughs> it, it it is showing let you it be known kind of... alan is right the communal aspect of this film like is and effective funny. in seeing those moments <laughs> it, is, it is neat to see you know like yeah how how are these people like surviving out here what, what, are, what are what are they doing to kind of not only just have ends meet but like be people like be be human in this society how do they get along or what have you and it's not a movie about conflict or you know constant strife or what have you there's not you know there's no villains here there's no like nothing there's no like arc as far as you know to do this she has to do this and then she'll get this it's just about presenting this person who has to deal with this situation on a constant level and that goes against a lot of things. But again, I mean, that's, that's what independent film is for, right? So it's uh, it's able to explore that and does, does it very effectively and just visually beautiful. I can't emphasize how amazing the visuals are in this movie for a little movie like this. I mean, we talked about Mank last week, which is terrific and looks terrific. And it has a budget to make a, make a movie that looks that terrific. Or you can look at other films that are coming out. The movie Midnight Sky coming out in a couple weeks with George Clooney. It's a very beautiful movie. Um, it has $100 million to make it look like a beautiful movie. That's not a reflection of the quality. We'll talk about that when we talk about that. But, I mean, it's, you know, looking at this movie, which caused I can't imagine very much, it does a whole lot <laughs> with the cameras it has and the places it visits uh, without the aid of any special effects. And it's uh, quite effective in that realm.
0: This this movie is about 140 minutes. Does it feel that way, or is it,
1: is it actually pretty appropriate? No, it's not 140 minutes. It's under two hours. It's, I mean, it's, it's, an, it's an hour and 48 minutes, I mean. An hour and 40 minutes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, I mean, it's it's deliberately paced. I mean, it's, you know, we talked about accessibility already. Alan, what do you, what do you think? Was, did it feel like a slog at all? Or was it just like, yeah, this is kind of how it would be.
3: No, I didn't think it was a slog at all. Um, I think it's the right time. I, th- okay. I, I think that the the length of time was pretty good. I think it's, it, it, when she went from one place to another and one thing to another, it moved at a pace that felt comfortable and, I guess, I, I, I guess correct. I, I don't. She didn't stay. They didn't stay too long in one particular area, or with one particular person, or with one particular event that she was dealing with. So I think it was, a, I think it was a well-paced film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I, I would agree. Yeah. I also think I, I was speaking about this with the um with with my girlfriend, and she said, well, that was clearly written by a woman and directed by a woman. because she never like there were no like, because I had the comment of if that, if that was directed by a man, I think there would have been a rape scene or some sex, some sort of sexual harassment scene in the film. Mm-hmm. But because I think because a woman did that, she's like, no, anything she's going to deal with, she's going to overcome and it won't be anything weird because she's a strong enough woman that she doesn't, I don't need to do something like that for men to get behind her and understand that she is strong and she is, Capable, and she can do what she needs to do.
1: Yeah, you don't need any uh, artificial yeah, elements I think, to
3: to Well, I also
0: think that so Francis would probably kill you in real life as well. Like, no, f- no, no f- doubts about it. Francis is a 60 year old woman who'd fuck me. Like out. she would fuck you up like pretty bad. Like me,
3: <laughs> I'm a 300-pound Mexican. I, I could, I'd be like, no, yes, ma'am.
0: And but. professional wrestler. <laughs> uh,
3: yeah, yeah, but that's fake. Dude. yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's just, yeah. I haven't been paid. I haven't been paid, paid to wrestle in years, so don't. I don't count that. <laughs> that's. The, I mean, that's the thing too. I mean, it's. You can call me a retired professional wrestler. I'll retired that.
1: professional wrestler. That's. that's the thing. <laughs> also, like you know, you're dealing with, like, with once again a woman in her 60s. That's the lead of yeah. this. Let alone someone that has the kind of, not necessarily intimidation, because she's not playing that kind of character here. But you know, someone that has the kind of stature or gravitas that Franz McDormand already has, just from a, a natural level where yeah just suddenly throwing obstacles in her way that are human it's like what's the point of this like what are we, like what what is what is this going to do to like furthering you know endear me towards a Francis mcdormand character in a role like this like it's just it would just be unnecessary mm-hmm. if you, you know the the other version of this film would be one that traffics in that kind of drama but also casts like someone much younger that's like like i ran away from home or something and now i can't get in like you know they're like no all these old people telling me how to live or what, like <laughs> some nonsense story that's more cliché. One of the things sex? that
0: you said earlier. You mean was, Into the Wild? Uh, yeah, Into the Wild, or or uh you I call it, um, the Wild? um oh. No, well, but one, one... thing that you mentioned earlier was that I um, didn't watch
1: that, so I don't know. What... It's Wild, like
0: a movie. Wild, uh-huh.
1: Wild is quite good, uh, the Reese Witherspoon one. Okay. Like, uh, yeah, but it, I it, it relies that. on different oh, I thought, things.
0: I what was the know? one with so, like? Uh, Into the Wild is Emil Hirsch. Yeah, 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 that that is the one I'm thinking about. Yeah. Wild
1: is is the. The
0: Witherspoon one. one. With Reese Witherspoon,
1: yeah. Okay. Um The Wild is a Disney animated film. <laughs> Call and of Brother the is Wild is also a Disney film. Call movie. of the Wild is Harrison it Ford and the a CG <laughs> Dog.
0: <laughs> but one of the things you mentioned earlier Born was. Or to be Wild
1: as uh, Jonathan Taylor Thomas, if I'm not mistaken. I just I'll be home for Christmas
0: or uh, yeah. something on the Disney Channel. Um, but one of the things that you mentioned earlier was that the movie is. <laughs> it doesn't necessarily have like a traditional setup of of a conflict right and i i I hearken back to the writer and the the writer is all internal as well there's no like external like Mm
2: -hmm.
0: hardly any external pressure like there is maybe like one thing about like rent um for their house but it's all about how he's dealing with something how how brady is dealing with something so you know it just seems like it's it's, uh something that chloe likes to do is is not necessarily like have a, a formatted movie the way they like movies tend to go, where it's like, yeah, well, she's got to like pay off like twenty thousand dollars before like the loan sharks come get her or whatever, you know what I mean? So it just feels like it, it's it's up her alley. So I, I, that's that's what makes me very curious about how Eternals is going to go, because um, it's not written by her, it's it she's direct, or maybe she does have a writing credit, but still, it's a movie where it's maybe a quote unquote more traditional. So I, I'm curious how she's gonna how that movie is gonna play out, which is I can't wait for it.
1: I mean, it's collaborative. I mean, she's not on the screenplay technically, but I mean, it's not like she doesn't have any input anywhere. Sure, sure. There. So, I mean, yes, obviously, be cur- i be mean, curious when any of these indie directors get tossed into these Marvel movies, and sometimes it works out for the better, and sometimes it doesn't. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, there's interest there. But yeah, as far as relating this movie to the writer, yeah, it it really capitalizes on a lot of the same kinds of things with obviously just having a major star at the center of it as opposed to, you know, someone that actually lived the life that they're, playing right. um but yeah i mean this the struggles are largely internal uh and you know not forced the the like the biggest thing is like a flat tire as far as and just like some character-based choices later in the film um but yeah it operates on its own you know path in a way that that it works it's effective it's effectively done so i, I mean i <laughs> there's only so much more to say about it one because you haven't seen it but also because it's just a really good movie <laughs> like, sure. like it only can yeah. only extrapolate so much out of a movie that's fairly simple and straightforward and it's reliant a lot more on you know just watching process take place or you know facial expressions or beautiful scenery so
0: yeah got it I'm really forward to seeing it
1: yeah, I want I want you to. Um, uh, I, I mean, I know you love the writer, and so i you know, seeing the next film that's mm-hmm. operating on a similar level. I I look forward to hearing what you have to say about it. Yeah. Um, I'll get watch, back to you. Yeah, with that in mind, um, like again, the movie's not going to be available until like February. Um, but what what should be what should people be seeing this film, Alan? Uh, ASAP. Oh wow.
3: Okay. I think it's I think it's really good. I like the i I just think it's a really really well done film and i think it's a well-performed film and also you really i love movies where you get real actors Mm -hmm. i'm sorry real people doing like certain Ah, roles and that's always really really genuine to me and authentic yeah i mean sometimes
0: it it works out sometimes it doesn't like i think the the example where it doesn't work out is grant Torino. yeah 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 yeah
3: yeah. grant Torino, and then um I didn't like Florida Project, but that was
0: I, I did like that one though. I mean there's... Yeah, I
3: didn't I just I just don't like movies with oh, I, I'm very particular about my child centric films.
0: Right, right, right. Um
3: Uh but like but you know, I did like Sound of Metal better because I think more of the content that was behind it, but I think this movie is wonderful and you should watch it.
0: Nice, okay.
1: I mean, I, I agree that this movie is pretty terrific, and you should just go watch it regardless. But I, I hear what you're saying as far as, like, getting non-actors in films and, like, how the appeal there is, where especially when it works. And I think that comes down to direction, because who's guiding you, if you're, especially, if you're, especially if you're not a director – or sorry, not an actor. You need someone to, you know, get what they want out of you to do that. And I think something that – honestly, I, like, I mean, I like this more than the writer, because I think Zhao is able to get better performances out of the non-actors in this film uh where my issues with you know the minor issues i have with the writer come down to these people just aren't that natural and it's it's not necessarily their fault they didn't sign up to be an actor necessarily they just wanted to be in this film um where this film it feels you know the character of swanky could easily bet get a best supporting actress nomination she's not acting on anything else (laughs) except this film um but i think you know the person that zhao saw When she she met her and was like, I want this person to be in this film, it seems like they got that person to be coming, you know, to come out and be that person in this movie. Mm -hmm. And it's not all, you know, not everyone has a natural idea of how to be themselves on camera or what have you or whatever they're trying to go for here. So I think that that all adds up to me as far as why this film is not just like, you know, a good drama to see, but a really good drama to see, especially at this time of year when you're getting a lot of different kinds of dramas that all... Tend to run around the same circles as far as the you know what you're expecting to see in award season. This one feels different. It feel it feels like it has its own speed it's operating on. Where I, I'm I'm happy to champion it. glad to hear. Away when you can. Uh, all right. Well, that was our review of Nomadland. Let's uh let's move on now. Let's get to some uh, out now feedback.
0: Feedback, 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 feedback. Thank you. I was like, where's Alan?
3: I was trying. I was. Uh, yeah,
0: I was coughing and I didn't want to do. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, thank you for for not
1: coughing on air. Yeah. This is where we go over the various questions answered on our Facebook page, facebookcom slash podcast. We asked a number of questions to the listeners, and they gave us some answers. Then we might have got to we didn't get any questions this week. Although we'll get to it because I I have some thoughts. <laughs> so we talked about some stuff last week that got some updates this week <laughs> that I think we can get into.
0: Are you talking uh, about uh, the HBO stuff?
1: Yeah, the HBO stuff. Okay. Uh, but let's get into it here. First question, what are you, and Alan, feel free to join in as always as well. Oh, I'm um, gonna. What are your favorite films about heavy metal music? Todd Lieben out front of the show writes, This is Spinal Tap and Anvil, the story of Anvil. Chris has This is Spinal Tap and Lords of Chaos. Wait, wait, are
0: both of those sort of like, or would you say both of those are documentary? Yeah, that's right. Well,
1: I mean, Spinal Tap is a rockumentary. So not <laughs> Sorry, I get it. <laughs> both real uh, is what I'm saying. Sure, yeah, both yeah. real. Um, Chris has Spinal Tap and Lords of Chaos Farron has uh, The Decline of Western Civilization 2 and Trick or Treat and Tyler has, does Bill and Ted count? Of course sure. it does <laughs> yeah. to make the best rock album of all time They're the Wild Stallions Yeah Favorite um, movies about heavy
3: metal music About heavy metal music? The Dirt I haven't heard of that it's the Motley Crue movie that's on Netflix. Okay. And also The Decline of Western Civilization is good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Which I was don't... just featured on the uh, Brandon Peters show, if I'm not mistaken.
1: As well. Oh, uh, really? Uh, shout out to Brandon. Um, what's the What's the Metallica movie with Dane DeHaan <laughs> that was in IMAX? Dane DeHaan was in um, a Metallica
3: movie? Yeah, it was. Um... What was it called? Oh, jeez. I think we were at Comic Con together. We watched like the trailer. Yeah, back. I know. We saw the panel. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> it was oh. this. It's the movie where it's um, it's like a live Metallica concert with interstitial footage of Dane DeHaan like as a roadie trying to deliver something, and it was in IMAX.
0: Oh, interesting. It's
1: directed by Nimrod Antal, who did uh, Predators and uh, Vacancy among other things. What was the movie? What was it called? Through the Never. Through the Never. Through the
3: Metallica. Through the Never. Because yeah. it now. was like some kind. It wasn't some kind oh. of monster. Oh, oh but I'll say Metallica uh, some kind of monster. That was there you knock. go. Yeah, yeah, I was knock, like, isn't yeah. there
0: another Metallica
3: movie? Yeah. There is. That's what I was thinking. It's like it's not that. I also enjoy, if if Bill and Ted counts, then I'm saying Wayne's world. Yeah. yeah. And School I like
1: of Rock. It. Uh Tenacious D and the Pick of Destiny, of course. Exactly. exactly. It's more punk, but I mean twenty four hour party people is all, all, all the same. The, it's all about the music mm-hmm. scene. Um yeah. I just had one in my mind and I lost it. What was it? It's not it's not Beavis and Budhead to America, but I'm, I'm throwing that in the also. Pretty close. Um, ah, I probably lost it. When when you <laughs> no wait you wait I, wait, I, I got, got, it. got it I got it again I yeah. got it again. It's the it's this film I just watched for the our uh, our um, our Giallo episode uh, called Opera, uh, Dario Argento film. Which is set in an opera, but often uses metal music to go into the kind of crazy horror aspects of the film. It's a wonderful mashup of things, and I really enjoyed it. <laughs> so, there. Sounds like something I'd be scared of. But... And plus, opera music requires heavy metal to play it, so there you go.
0: Mm, there you go.
1: Those instruments are light.
0: Okay, well, the next question is What are some great films about dealing with a sudden disability? Tyler has 51st dates? Question mark. Chris has born on the 4th of July and Evil Dead 2, Bruce's hand. And lastly, Todd has Forrest Gump, Lieutenant Dan's uh, d- uh, sudden disability.
1: Uh, it, memento.
0: Is Does that happen because of him getting knocked out?
1: Every 10 minutes he wakes up, we realize he has a disability. It's a sudden disability yeah, 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 constantly but I mean, throughout
0: the movie. Is, was he born with it or is it because of events Those guys that he got knocked it. out. No, he wasn't born with it. Okay. Yes, know. yeah. Because he got knocked out. Yeah. Well, radio. Radio. that trailer by the way not my favorite trailer that movie not my favorite movie yeah that's true too i haven't seen it that's why
1: i was like i'm not gonna watch this movie that's i'm talking a a sudden disability alan not
0: a sudden
3: disability yeah well that changes things yeah
1: um han solo in the opening of return of the jedi right you
0: can't did
3: see him. Did Dory have a sudden disability, like, or did she just was always like? I think she she, she was always like,
0: that way. But I, I hear that. you on the Dory thing. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, sudden
3: disability. A oh, does fish. 27 hours count? Under 27? Yeah, sure. Yeah. 127? Sure. Yeah. It's a sudden disability. Yeah. Lost his hand.
1: All right. What are some great films about finding new ways to use one's talents? Hmm. Chris writes *Brightburn*.
0: Certainly, is a way to, to you know, Family. use your special abilities.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna add in *Chef*. He's just like, you, you know, know I'm gonna
1: take my talents <laughs> on the road. That's a great one. That's a great Ooh. pick.
3: <laughs> Ooh. *The mm-hmm. Incredibles*. Oh my gosh.
0: The
1: Incredibles, yeah. yeah they, got, they got a lot of, like, on-the-fly uses of, like, stretchy abilities or running really fast. And it's like, yeah, yeah. All right, I can do it this way. <laughs>
0: yeah. That kid's gonna go places.
1: And then come back. <laughs> Super quick.
0: <laughs> now, can you imagine how much he has to eat to keep up with all his caloric intake? He's or his, his caloric outtake, I should say?
1: Hey, he's a kid. He can he
0: kids true. Like to eat. He's like eat.
1: Yeah. Kids like to eat. Kids like to eat.
0: Did they delve into that in the Flash at all? Is he constantly eating? Probably uh, four thousand calories a day.
1: If they made the Flash in like the mid nineties, you could have easily had Brad Pitt in there. He'd love to eat all day.
0: Man, what a what a movie! What a what
1: a what a great role for Brad Pitt back in the nineties. Oh, just constantly
0: snacking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, any any other movies about uh,
3: talents here, uh, Alan? I got nothing on that one. I'm okay. just I'm trying to think. I'm trying to blank.
0: Well, maybe for the next one here. Who are some great cinematic mentors? Todd has Obi Wan Kenobi and yeah. Mr Miyagi.
3: Yeah, Yoda. Uh, Yoda,
0: there you go. Uh, uh, Chris has Mr Miyagi. Any other cinematic mentors that you guys like?
3: Um, what's his name? Uh, know, why am I doing? Why am I blanking on this? Robin curious. Williams in uh, de- *The Depot Society* or Goodwill Hunting*. And yeah, Robin Williams in general. Yeah, in this Flubber. is true. In *Flubber*. And, yeah, uh, Byzantine probably eight. mentoring
1: mm-hmm. somebody in that
0: one. He helped those kids win that game.
1: Uh, Dumbledore. He probably wore that hat.
0: Dumbledore, yeah.
1: Uh, by the one I was thinking of, Furious Styles and Boys in the Hood.
0: There you go. Yeah. Best movie dad. Great, great name too. Great dad name. Oh yeah, Furious Styles. <laughs> um, I'm gonna add in uh, Razagul. Okay. Taught him how to mind his surroundings.
3: Lester Bangs and Almost Famous. That's a good one. There you go. You have Uncle Ben in the Spider Man movies. Yeah, yeah. Well, like any any coach from any sports film, right? Uh, like I mean, Miracle. Yeah. Bombay was, from The Ducks.
1: My my mind, my mind went to Ben Affleck in The Way Back. It's like, well, he
3: helped him a little bit before, <laughs> yeah. before he you know just wasn't there anymore. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, Denzel as Herman Boone and remember the Titans. You know, you can you can start doing it like that. There you go. Denzel Maybe run that same Run. Denzel and Antoine Fisher.
0: Exactly. Yeah.
1: All right, a lot of a lot of great mentors here. There's a whole bunch. Who are some yeah. great cinematic nomads? We actually didn't get any answers to this question, so not
0: even uh, the Road Warrior, huh? Ooh, that's
3: that's a, that's, yeah. that's a great answer. Max is great, yeah, that's good. Yeah. Uh, does the homeless lady in Home Alone two count? Yep. Yeah, of course. He's, uh, Brenda, she's dramatic, and she
0: helps, uh, you know, put those bird seeds on those uh, wet bandits. Or uh, they're the sticky bandits in part two. Um,
1: Albert Brooks and uh, Julie Haggerty and Lost in America. Yeah, that's a, that's mm. a great one. They get in their RV and just decide to live on the road, mm. and it fails spectacularly. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Jason Manzuka's as the TikTok man in John Wick 3 Parabellum. Oh my goodness! I guess he is nomadic. I yeah. guess I guess the entire Lawrence Fishburne organization in right, John yeah. Wick films. <laughs> did you guys watch the Nobody trailer? Sun Segway.
3: Yeah, I did not I did. see that. No, it looks fantastic. Okay, what about what about Forrest? Would Forrest Gump count?
0: He's kind of nomadic in his life, but he also comes back home to Greenbow.
3: Yeah, I mean, does. he
1: has a home. I mean, he's not—he's more of like a man of circumstance. Than I mean, he did nomad. like
0: leave and go running for like nine months. I,
3: yeah. I guess I that, that segment, he's a nomad. <laughs> well, obviously, yeah. Then you also have like Jesse from Before Sunrise and like uh, the lead from My from Idaho. Idaho.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. That's all you got, man. I'm—I'm I'm struggling, but I think that's it.
1: Is James Bond a, a lot nomad? Of... Like, does James Bond live anywhere? He <laughs> he does. Does. He's, he's, he's like a really wealthy nomad.
0: Yeah, I mean he he's hardly home. That's why M can be in his apartment.
1: Does he have it? Oh, I guess he does in one of the one of the Craig movies, right? He has like a place.
0: It's actually it's actually more he he sneaks into her place. But yeah,
1: that's okay. I'm trying to think now. Yeah.
0: No, he, like you see him like playing with scorpions in some oh. cups and Lucas or whatever. He's and yeah, like in that Skyfall, he's a little mad. <laughs> I guess technically, yeah, he does have Skyfall to go home to, but he hates it. He's like, oh, I don't like being there because, you know, they they treated me poorly as a kid. The 50-year-old they ran away from home. <laughs> oh, you,
1: you said Mandalorian. Well, now I'm thinking Ray in Star Wars. She's a nomad. She just lives oh, yeah. out in the desert. Scraps.
0: Yeah. Rey uh, Ray Palpatine? Yeah. Got it.
1: As, yeah, Ray Palpatine. Right, <laughs> Ray Skywalker. That's her new name. <laughs> hey, who are you? I've never seen you before. Well, old um, lady who's just minding, not exactly. minding her own business, yes, I am somebody new, and you don't deserve to know my name, but I'll tell you it anyway. Here's my laser sword that you've never seen before.
0: Weird. I'm going to go dig up where you dug that hole and see what you put in there. i just I've been watching you the whole time. Please don't, ma'am. <laughs> what is this? As she points it toward her eyeball. <laughs> this is
1: a great preview of our Rise of Skywalker commentary in two years. Oh, yeah, man.
0: exactly. Uh, well, the next question is, what films do you a great job of putting the American Midwest environments on display? Chris has Fargo. Christine has, some of my favorite films are set in Iowa, Field of Dreams, Bridges of Madison County, and State Fair from 1945. I didn't know that Christine... Christine, gotta get on the show sometime. And Todd has, The Blues Brothers, Fargo, Paper Moon, Planes, planes, Trains, and Automobiles, and Super 8. Any good movies with the Midwest? Brokeback Mountain. Nebraska. Brokeback Mountain. Nebraska. 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 That was a great movie. It's a great call. I haven't seen that in a while. 127 hours. <laughs> it's there. It's in Utah. It's true. Yeah. I was like, is that Midwest or is that considered West? But yes, yeah, sure. I'll give it
3: a history of violence.
0: History yeah. of violence? Holy cow.
3: A, a, a serious man.
0: Mm hmm.
3: Badlands.
0: Is this Ooh. a game we're playing now?
3: I guess so. Uh, crazy Midwest movies. Crazy mm-hmm. is in Midwest, right? Somewhere? Crazy?
0: Crazy Heart? Crazies. The crazies with movie? Timothy Oliphant? Timothy Oliphant. Oh the
1: cra- the crazies. Yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, the uh, crazies. Right? Am I crazy? Yeah.
0: <laughs> no, you're no you're not crazy. Oh okay, the, yes.
1: uh, the the straight story. Keep, I keep going. saying it as if it's a game.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> keep going.
0: Uh the first uh ten minutes of Jurassic Park. Uh huh. Keep going. Sure. What? <laughs> when they're in the we're in the Badlands.
3: But what Badlands? Did we say Badlands? I said Badlands, yeah. Badlands. Okay, Blood Simple then. Okay, Fargo.
1: <laughs>
0: That's <laughs> already have been fun
3: said, fun. Aaron. Okay. Paper Moon.
1: Raising Arizona. Been
3: say, the, all these have been said. No raising, said raising Arizona? Arizona. Yeah, there you go. The Virgin Suicides then.
1: Whoa.
0: <laughs> Aaron, I'm, I'm. Come on, Aaron. Come on. You can do it. <laughs> I
3: guess did we did we segue into a game timer? Did a game,
0: even though we didn't mean to do a game.
3: Yeah. I'm good. <laughs> i had nothing i had
0: nothing well aaron uh, well alan you're the winner of this week's game <laughs> up in the air <laughs> up in the air do you want the cancer american movie <laughs> american
1: movie that's a great one oh, yeah. i don't want the i don't want the can, sir.
0: <laughs> seven million miles man
1: all right last question what are some great films about older characters trying to hold on to jobs?
0: Is this also a game?
1: No. Todd now writes Modern Times. Luke Thompson, also friend of the show, writes Bad Santa 2. And Jim Deeds, friend of the show, writes Glengarry Glen Ross. That's a perfect example of the old <laughs> character <laughs> trying to Good. hold on that, to a job. The Jack Lemmon? Yeah. Oh, well, Gil. That's my Simpsons version of Jack Lemmon. It's <laughs> Glengarry <and> Glen <laughs> Ross.
0: Older characters are trying to hold on to jobs. Hmm.
3: Uh what what about Shawshank and that scene at the end where they're trying to do the grocery store thing?
2: Yeah.
3: Yeah. Both times. Uh The Intern with Robert De Niro. Mhm. Mm. Uh Downfall, mm. the movie about Hitler. Oh, I thought
1: He's trying to hold on to his job.
0: Yeah, I thought of Michael Douglas, but that's Falling Down.
1: What about Up in the Air? Do you want The Cancer? I mean yeah, it's a good example.
0: Uh-huh. Thank you. I'm trying to have like movies where like this this new young buck comes on and like the old guy just doesn't want the to The
3: Cooler, The Cooler oh, is in... a
1: great example of that.
0: The Cooler.
3: Men in Black. Noel, well, he's trying to He's not
1: he's not trying to hold yeah. on to his job. I mean. yeah. He has
0: been training a replacement or he has been training
1: the, a partner. The The Cooler replaced. is exactly that movie where like Alec Bald was his old mobster and Rob Livingston comes in and is like we have ways to make casinos even better now. It's going to be great. <laughs> and, and the Way H. Macy's there is like I'm a cooler. I do my old it's this old super Bill? Thing. yeah Bill uh Office Space Uh-oh. Office Space yeah, yeah you have multi- sure. multiple characters the, the bobs come in trying to, oh, yeah. to fire a bunch of people and that
0: yeah yeah like well it. also you know what Stephen Stephen uh Root right oh.
1: yeah Stephen Root and the other guy that gets hit by the car Richard Reel
0: oh <laughs> yeah the jumping conclusions mad guy
1: who's, who's constantly worried about losing his job
0: <laughs> right It's it's very true it's, I can't watch that movie anymore it's too real
1: it is very real. That said, the, the I I saw Office for the first time like on HBO, and the scene I saw was him being what was the guy telling the story of him getting hit by the car. I was watching it with my grandfather, of all people who was like visiting at that time.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It was hysterical. Like I could like yeah. the hyster- like where he just tells what's happening. He's like and he wants to live, and he backs out. <laughs> the car hits him. At the time, that was like the funniest thing I'd seen. Like in in at any point in a movie I was like this is this what is this movie and so i watched the whole thing i was like oh this is pretty funny
0: and now that's it's like yeah, now, now, now it's movies.
1: stressful it's not but now it's yeah. stressful to watch like you're saying
0: <laughs> it is very stressful to watch you're just like man this is so true to life i feel so bad for some of these people and also i never want to be put in this position
1: <laughs> uh well great yeah uh so uh-huh uh we we talked about this last let's let, let's get to revisit a thing from last week. Like last week you yes. we talked about hbo max's decision to put all of their 2021 slate um you mean warner brothers it, hbo max well okay warner brothers plan to put all of the their films from their 2021 slate onto hbo max oh. and theaters at the same time right. um th- th- we we i mean we basically talk about how like decision makes a lot of sense as far as what's going on and as a consumer can, as a consumer yes uh, the thing we were not aware of at the time, which was then pointed out uh, in numerous reports, but including mainly Christopher Nolan, who's for some reason been taken to task for alerting things that are true, uh, Warner Brothers apparently did not tell any of the filmmakers <laughs> that they're going to do this before they actually announced this, which is, a uh, that's quite the tricky scenario to put somebody in. And I'm just curious if you guys had any additional thoughts on this. We don't have to go too long on this topic, but I was just uh, curious uh, where are we... Uh, what do you think the logic is for something like that, where you make a very rash, very big decision and don't say anything to anybody?
0: Correct, okay. yeah, anybody? yeah. No, I, I, you know, to start off, I think that it's, it's uh, like what you said. It's, I think it's tricky situation. It is one of the things where I. I don't know if this was also spurred by hey let's try and get more people onto our platform and and not tell anybody kind of thing. Like the way that Disney has been kind of killing it on the streaming wars and HBO Max is I think they're they we've mentioned this before like one of the larger claims is we've got the Snyder cut of of um uh Justice League. So it's like, well, are they just trying to put more butts in seats and more subscriptions on their on their um on their platform by doing this and then saying deal with it to the directors. And if so, that's kind of like a, it's a tough situation to be in because what you're saying a lot of these filmmakers, and I think Denny has said this too. Denny Villeneuve has said that, Hey, I, this is not the way that I wanted my movie to be seen. And we have, we definitely know that Nolan never wants people to see, his movie is like in on on an iPad uh,
1: somewhere, he but has, he has nothing against that actually.
0: <laughs> sure, the joke on the internet is that he doesn't want people to watch his movies on iPads. Um, but I would find it kind of if I were a director who directed something, I would be disappointed as well. And I think that's the term that was being used by a lot of people. They're disappointed that their movie is going to be seen not in the way that they wanted it to be seen. And I don't know we we also caveated last week by saying that things could change, and we just don't know when so I don't is it a tough position to be in for sure
2: it's
3: it's rude hmm I guess i don't I, yeah, it's like if you don't tell anybody what you're gonna do, but you know at the end of the day they if, if they paid for the thing, they can do whatever they want with the with with the product of what they paid for and finance for mm-hmm. So there's that aspect of it. But my, my, I'm more concerned about, like, how do the backends work out on that if they're just going to release it on HBO Max?
1: Well, that's that's the other thing, right? Like, it's not just yeah. a matter of, like, it would be preferable to do this thing. It's there are thousands of people that work on these movies. And like, so there's a lot, I imagine there's a lot of things in place involving various unions and various percentage points and what have you that dictate how people that aren't you know the huge stars or the filmmakers that make millions are gonna get paid for all this if they mm-hmm. don't have the revenue from a theatrical distribution um to you know work on this and like obviously we're in a very different time and you have to consider that but at the same time it's it, yes there'd be a change made regardless but it's the fact that y- you you got to tell somebody they're going to make this yeah dream. you have to like consider these options and i i considering that Disney had their giant showcase of stuff, it feels more like Warner Brothers just kind of rushed this decision out, knowing that this was going to, you know, that was going to be a big announcement on the other thing for competition-wise, as opposed to really, like, laying out the the things that you need to consider and making that kind of choice.
0: I would say that if that was a the case, they still failed.
1: Oh, yeah. I, mean, I get that for sure. Yeah. It's, I mean... It's not like a like. I, mean, I think we talked about this too last week. It's not like they made the decision lightly. It's not like they're like, well, I guess that's it. We'll just do this. Like I'm, I know there had to be right. very.
0: specific. And, and discussions. I don't think that they made it altruistically either. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't sure. like, hey, let's stay safe and everybody, can see our movies. I'm pretty sure that there's a very, um, you know, lucrative but also a very like selfish point of view to this as well.
1: I mean, I mean, as Nolan has pointed out, and as Villenweb has pointed out they're owned by AT&T and there is a lot of, you know, stock based things going on where they need to make themselves, present themselves in a certain way. And this is the way to do it clearly for them. And that's, you know, that's how you move certain needles in certain directions that you need them to go. But at the right. same time, it's like, Oh boy, you, if you're going to very publicly <laughs> make a decision, that's going to have ramifications. Uh, you found the way to do it and uh, get a lot of people rattled up about it. And mm-hmm. uh, it's, 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 it's I'm not jealous of not being in that kind of position of power. it would have to make those decisions, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, the silver lining, I guess we can have, as we as we said last week, is that the year can change. Uh, right. You know, it's not some binding. Con- I mean, I don't know about these contracts, but it's not saying that we're going to do things a certain way for them when it comes to release strategies. Is a very fluid situation. Uh, things can change, but just like how you can delay movies, much like they did this past year. Um, you can certainly, you know, rearrange them as far as how you're going to release them. Uh, and we can just only hope that while a sense of normality is not going to immediately return, that there is more of it than not in the coming months uh, that we can hope for. So um, with all of that in mind, that is our feedback. Feedback, feedback, feedback,
3: feedback. feedback.
1: <laughs> and uh, that's uh, that. that is going to do it for this week's episode um Ooh. you can you can find more of my work on my personal about the code everything i do ends up over there i'm writing reviews at wiseblue.com and wheel of entertainment.com as well as on uh, variety I'll a little more into 2021 probably to get some more stuff out there and um i'm on twitter at aaron's ps4 abe you can find more fun stuff over my instagram abe.moor and twitter.com slash
0: walrus moose hashtag slide drum alan aguilera is there anything
1: you want to plug
3: I mean, you can follow me on on Twitter, which is Mr. Aldo Rain, M-R-A-L-D-O-R-A-Y-N-E. Or you can follow me on uh, Instagram, which is Aldo Rain, A-L-D-O-R-A-Y-N-E. I uh, mostly just like and retweet things, or I just uh, post Mondays and Fridays posts. So, <laughs> I, I really, I mean, if, if you Nothing want someone between. that you might forget you follow, I'm your man.
1: You can... Could... <laughs> Great. You can find all the other episodes of OutNow <laughs> there anyone. iTunes, Boom, Spotify, and Stitcher. I'm Cloud Podomatic, and H-H-W-L-O-D. Feel free to email us your thoughts over at OutNowPodcast at gmail.com.
0: Send us some FB messages over at Facebook.com slash OutNowPodcast or Twitter.com slash OutNow underscore
3: podcast.
1: And be sure to check our Instagram page, Instagram.com slash OutNow underscore podcast as well. Uh, Alan, thank you very much for joining thank us. Thank
3: you, Alan. Oh, it is always a pleasure, gentlemen. I love it.
1: I will say right now, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom coming to Netflix next week Ooh. is most likely going to be the main review for yes. that episode.
3: Looking forward to it.
1: And one last thing I will add to, uh, for anyone celebrating, Happy Hanukkah.
0: Happy Hanukkah. Uh,
1: we are on Night four currently. And, um, yeah, everybody uh, have a have a Happy Hanukkah and Happy Holidays as we continue on through this month. Um, with all of that hero. said, that's going to do it for this week. So until next time, so long. And goodbye.
2: Don't Toodles. Be a big man. I just want to fight with everyone else your masquerade I don't want to be a part of your parade Everyone deserves a chance to walk with everyone else While holding down a job to keep my girl around and Maybe buy me some new a night out on the weekend, and we can whisper things, secrets from our American dreams. Baby needs some protection, but I'm a kid like everyone else.